Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome back to the History of Egypt podcast. Episode 117, Adoring Ra, an exploration of some of the roots of Akhenaten's religious movement, as we see it during the 18th dynasty. Celebration of the sun god, Ra or Re or Atum Re, was growing in popularity during this time period, and although Akhenaten took it to a very visible extreme, Many of his ideas were present and popular in the cultural discourse of his time. This episode is brought to you by Steve, Claudia and George, who generously became patrons back in 2018. Thank you very much for supporting the show, folks, and especially for sticking with me for over a year. I am incredibly grateful to you. This episode is for you. To everyone listening to the show, thank you very much for joining me. I hope you enjoy the story. Our discussion today takes place primarily in the mid-18th dynasty, between 1400 and 1360 BCE, approximately. We're going to be looking at a series of hymns and prayers, religious texts carved on the walls of tombs of non-royal individuals who lived during the time of Amunhotep III and Amunhotep IV, later known as Akhenaten. These hymns are dedicated to the sun god Ra, or Re, and they glorify him and extol his virtues as the universal creator, one who brings life to earth and creates the world in which humans live. The texts share a number of similarities, and help us to understand how the Egyptians viewed their great god Ra during this time period. As you can imagine, these have many influences on what came during the reign of Akhenaten. We are covering six texts. A short hymn to Aten from Amana, then two hymns to Ra dedicated by a pair of brothers named Suti and Hor. Also, we look at hymns to Akhenaten made by the courtier Ai, the one who recorded the great hymn to Aten that we saw last episode. Finally, we explore a hymn to Ra by a man named Keruef, who served Amunhotep III and his son during this time period. The hymns are beautiful examples of ancient Egyptian worship and how they conceptualized the sun god both in this world and in the afterlife. Before we begin, this episode deals heavily with theology, and there will be many references that aren't necessarily obvious to those who are listening. For clarity's sake, I will be talking specifically about the great god Aten, the sun disk, but also about older forms of the Egyptian solar deity. We have Atum, also called Atum Re, 
this is the original creator who fashioned the universe when he emerged from the primeval ocean that once covered eternity. Atum means the one who is complete, and Ra, or Re, is simply the sun. The two concepts are often combined, so throughout the episode, you may hear me referencing Atum, Atum Re, or Atum Ra. These are all the same deity, and the Egyptians understood them as one unified being. There will also be references to secondary gods, like Thoth, the lord of writing and the master of wisdom, or the great Enead, the nine gods who seem to have formed a divine council, advising Atum Re, the creator, on various decisions and helping to decide what would happen in the future. We will also hear references to Harpy, the Nile god who embodies the annual flood or inundation which covers the fields in soil and brings fertility to the land. There are references to Ma'at, the eternal goddess who is the embodiment of order, of truth, justice, and what is right within the Egyptian conception of morality. Finally, we hear references to some of the tools and symbols of the gods, like the Ben-Ben stone, a great obelisk which emerged from the primeval ocean, with Atum Re standing upon it. We also hear about the solar bark, or barge. This is the boat which Atum Re sails across the sky. During the night, he rides the evening bark. During the day, he rides the daytime bark. These references may occasionally be hard to follow, but if you're having trouble, simply remember, Atum, Atum Re, Atum Ra, same god, and the various deities who show up appear in their traditional guises to advise the great lord of creation on anything he may decide. Of course, overriding all of this is the Amana focus on Aten, a god who takes the attributes of all who came before him and uses these mythologies and tools for his own splendid creation. In the previous episode, we explored the great hymn to the Aten, which was carved on the walls of a tomb belonging to a man named Ai at the city of Amana. In other tombs at the city, we see shorter hymns to the Aten. We find these in five non-royal tombs, belonging to men named Api, Ani, Merire, Mahu, and Tutu. These men were quite important. Mahu, for instance, was chief of the police or soldiers who guarded the city, and Merire was one of the highest priests who assisted Akhenaten in the temples to Aten. Men like these would have been close to the pharaoh on a daily basis, and probably heard his words or speeches or proclamations about the nature of Aten relatively frequently. Perhaps it's not surprising that we find them recording this shorter hymn to the Aten on the walls of their burials. These shorter hymns are similar to the great hymn, but they explore slightly different concepts, use slightly different language, and put emphases in different places. The texts present themselves as a composition made by the pharaoh himself, and they frequently speak in the first person, as if the walls of the tomb are Akhenaten speaking directly. So in the hymn, you will hear plenty of I do this and I do that. In this case, it is not referencing the tomb owner, but rather Akhenaten himself. 
With that intro out of the way, let's explore. Adoration of Rahorakti, who rejoices in the eastern horizon, in his name of Shu, who is Aten, who gives life forever, by the king, who lives by Ma'at, the lord of the two lands, Nefer Keperura, the sole one of Ra. The son of Ra, who lives by Ma'at, the lord of crowns, Akhenaten, great in his lifetime, given life forever. Splendid you rise, O living Aten, eternal lord. You are radiant, beauteous, mighty. Your love is great, immense. Your rays light up all faces. Your bright hue gives life to hearts when you fill the two lands with your love. August God, who made himself, who made every land, created what is in it. All peoples, herds and flocks, all trees that grow from soil, they live when you dawn for them. You are mother and father of all that you made. When you dawn, their eyes observe you, as your rays light the whole earth. Every heart acclaims your sight, when you are risen as their lord. When you set in the sky's western horizon, they lie down as if to die, their heads covered, their noses stopped, until you dawn in the sky's eastern horizon. Their arms adore your car, as you nourish the hearts by your beauty. One lives when you cast your rays. Every land is in festivity. Singers and musicians shout with joy in the court of the Benben Shrine and in all temples in Arket Aten, the place of truth in which you rejoice. Foods are offered in their midst. Your holy son performs your praises. O Aten, living in his risings, and all your creatures leap before you. Your august sun exults in joy, O Aten, living daily, content in the sky. Your offspring, your august sun, sole one of Ray. The sun of Ray does not cease to extol his beauty, Nefer Keperura, Wa En Ra. I am your son who serves you, who exalts your name. Your power, your strength are firm in my heart. You are the living Aten whose image endures. You have made the far sky to shine in it, to observe all that you made. You are one, yet a million lives are within you. To make them live, you give the breath of life to their noses. By the sight of your rays, all flowers exist. What lives and sprouts from the soil grows when you shine. Drinking deep of your sight, all flocks dance. The birds in the nest fly up in joy. Their folded wings unfold in praise of the living Aten, their maker. This shorter hymn to the Aten is much like the Great One, and we also find references in this text to older mythological concepts. When the hymn says, August God who fashioned himself, they reference the mythology of Atum, the one who created himself on the Benben stone which emerged from the primeval waters. Later, we hear about the Benben itself, supposedly housed within a shrine. This might reference temples either at Thebes or at Heliopolis, where Ben-Ben obelisks were set up to glorify the sun god Ra. In other words, we have references to Atum Re, the original creator deity, now repurposed for the service of Aten. We also get a glimpse at the idea that Aten embodies all other gods within himself. The text speaks of, You are one, yet a million lives are within you. 
suggesting that other deities, and of course humanity, exist because Aten embodies them. Everything is within him. He is the totality of existence. Once again, this is very much a reference to Atum, whose name literally means the one who is total, or the one who is complete. We have seen at great length how the cult of Aten, as expressed by Akhenaten, seemed to be some kind of radical departure from things which had come before. The truth is anything but. Worship of Aten had deep roots within Egyptian culture, and although the god was more prominent than usual at this time, he was not invented by Akhenaten. In fact, Aten itself was quite an old deity. Praises to the sun god were particularly popular during the mid-18th dynasty. In the following text, composed by two brothers, Suti and Hor, we see evocations of the great solar god during the reign of Amunhotep III, Akhenaten's father. Now, Amunhotep III was very fond of solar worship, and he seems to have promoted it, and himself, as a sort of hybrid cult of great majesty for the pharaoh. Suti and Hor show traditional obedience to the great gods, but in these two hymns they express the idea of Ra, the sun god itself, in many different forms, and this gives us a glimpse at the various identities which existed prior to Akhenaten's initiative. On a stela of granite, we see Suti, Hor, and their two wives making offerings to Anubis and Osiris. Beneath the figures, two hymns laid out in beautiful hieroglyphs present offerings to the sun god and praises to him in all his various forms. As you will see, these two hymns are very similar to the shorter hymn of Aten that I just read, and the great hymn to Aten, which I read in episode 116. Not only do they reference the sun god in his various forms, including Aten, but they use the same phrases and discuss the same images or metaphors to glorify the great deity. As you listen, don't be surprised if you find yourself having a sense of deja vu. Adoration of Amun when he rises as Rahorakti, made by the overseer of the works of Amun, Suti, and the overseer of the works of Amun, Hor. They say, Hail to you, Ray, perfect every day, who rises at dawn without failing, Kepri, who wearies himself with toil. Your rays are on the face, and yet unknown. Fine gold does not begin to match your splendor. Self-made, you fashioned your body, the creator uncreated. The sole one, the unique one, the one who traverses eternity. The remote one, with millions under his care. Your splendor is like heaven's splendor. Your color is brighter than its hues. When you cross the sky, all faces see you and when you set, you are hidden from their sight. Daily, you give yourself at dawn, safe is your sailing under your majesty. In a brief day, you race a course, hundreds, thousands, millions of miles. A moment is each day to you, it has passed when you go down. 
You also complete the hours of night. You order it without pause in your labour. Through you do all eyes see. They lack aim when your majesty sets. When you stir to rise at dawn, your brightness opens the eyes of the herds. When you set in the western mountain, they sleep as in the state of death. A second hymn. Hail to you, Aten of daytime, creator of all who makes them live. Great falcon, brightly plumed, the beetle who raised himself, the self-creator, uncreated, the eldest Horus within Newt the sky, acclaimed in his rising and setting. Maker of the earth's yield, Kunum and Amun of all mankind, one who seized the two lands from great to small, the beneficent mother of gods and men. Craftsman with a patient heart, toiling long to make them countless. Valiant shepherd who drives his flock, their refuge made to sustain them. Runner, racer, courser, Kepri of distinguished birth, who raises his beauty in the body of Newt, who lights the two lands with his disc, the two lands' eldest who made himself, one who sees all that he made, he alone, who reaches the ends of the lands every day, in the sight of those who tread on them. Rising in heaven, formed as ray, he makes the seasons with the months, heat as he wishes, cold as he wishes. He makes bodies slack, he gathers them up, every land rejoices at his rising, every day gives praise to him. Along with Suti and Hor, we also have a contemporary text expressing similar ideas. This occurs on a small statue belonging to an individual who is now, sadly, anonymous. As you will see from this short, fragmentary text, the idea of worshipping Amun-Re, or Ra, or Atum, whatever you want to call him, as a sort of universal deity, seems to have become quite common at the time. It may even have been a standard funerary text. The statue itself is broken, so the translation is fragmentary. Quote, Adoring Amun-Ra Horakti when he shines in Karnak, Gap. Without ceasing, Kepri, weary with toil, thy rays, Gap. One who journeys eternally, who is over millions of roads in his divine form, Gap. From their sight, perhaps hidden? Thou presentest thyself at dawn every day, vigorous, dot dot dot, the hours of night likewise. Thou hast regulated it without their occurring, dot dot dot. They will sleep in the manner of death. Hail, dot dot dot, men acclaim him at rising, gap. They are without number. Although fragmentary, this text clearly belongs to a tradition much like Suti and Hor or the hymns to Aten that we see later. There seems to have been a sort of generalized formula, perhaps even a standard, for ways of glorifying Amun or Re or Horakti, whatever you want to call him. This anonymous text adds a little bit more detail and context to Suti and Hor, suggesting that their stela is perhaps not just an expression of personal piety, but part of a larger tradition occurring at the time. 
The mid-18th dynasty was clearly a vibrant period to live, if you were at all connected with the cult of Amun-Re, Rei Horakti, Atum, or any manifestation of the sun god. Whichever version you preferred, there was plenty of opportunity for expression and worship of this great god. After the break, we're going to see how these ideas continued to manifest in further texts from Amana, and also from the later reign of Amunhotep III. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The hymns of Suti and Hor are very similar to the shorter hymn to Aten and the great hymn to Aten, which we explored last episode. The great hymn is carved in the tomb of Ai, the prominent courtier with one of the largest burial halls at Amana. Ai did not miss a good opportunity. He used the greater space of his tomb to carve several hymns and prayers to Aten on the walls of his burial chambers. I seems to have been a bit of a sycophant, and he was quite happy to praise the king and the god endlessly if it meant that he would enjoy greater rewards in this life and in the next. In the following text, we're going to see I sing a hymn of praise to Aten and to Akhenaten simultaneously. He will glorify the god and the king together, praising their unique relationship and celebrating all that Akhenaten has given to Ai. He does this so that he may enjoy greater favor in earth and in the afterlife. These wishes seem to have bore good fruit, for Ai outlived Akhenaten and went on to great prominence at the court of Tutankhamun. So as we explore the following hymns, remember... Although I comes across as a sycophant, these tactics seem to have worked. Adoration of Rahorakti, who rejoices in the eastern horizon, in his name of Shu, who is the Aten, who gives life forever, and of the king of Upper and Lower Egypt, Nefakeperura, sole one of Ra, the son of Re, Akhenaten, great in his lifetime and the great queen, Nefer, Neferu Aten, Nefertiti, living forever. Praises to you when you dawn in the eastern horizon, O living Aten, lord of eternity, kissing the ground when you dawn in heaven to light all lands with your beauty. Your rays are on your son, your beloved, your hands hold millions of jubilees for the king, Neferkeperure, sole one of Rei. He is your child who came from your rays. You grant him your lifetime, your years. You hearken to the wish of his heart. You love him. You make him like Aten. You dawn to give him eternity. When you sit, you give him infinity. 
You create the king daily like your forms. You build him in your image like Atin, the ruler of Ma'at who came from eternity, the son of Re who exalts his beauty, who offers Re the product of his sunlight. The king who lives by Ma'at, the lord of the two lands, Nefer Keperu Re, sole one of Re, and the great queen, Nefer Neferu Atin, Nefertiti. Another hymn to the Aten and the king from the tomb of Ai. The god's father, the favourite of the good god, fan-bearer to the right of the king, the master of all the horses of his majesty, the true, beloved royal scribe, I. He says, Hail to you, O living Aten. Dawning in heaven, the god floods the hearts, every land is in feast at his rising, their hearts rejoice in acclamations when their lord, their maker, shines upon them. Your son offers Ma'at to your fair face, and you delight in seeing him who came from you, the son of eternity who came from Aten, who benefits his benefactor, pleasing the heart of Aten. When Aten dawns in heaven, he rejoices in his son, he enfolds him in his rays, he gives him eternity as the king like the Aten, Nefer Kepurure, the sole one of Re, my god, the one who made me, who fosters my car. Grant me to be satisfied with seeing you always, my lord, built like Aten, abounding in wealth, harpy flowing daily who nourishes Egypt. Silver and gold are like the sands of the shores, the land wakes to hail the power of his car. O son of Aten, you are eternal, Nefer Keperura, the sole one of Ra. You live and thrive, for he made you. Finally, we have a flashback. A few episodes ago, we met a man named Keruef. Keruef lived under the reign of Amunhotep III, the resplendent, dazzling Aten of Egypt, the greatest king that had ever been seen. Keruef was a loyal servant to his ruler, and when Amunhotep III died, or flew to heaven, Keruef served Amunhotep IV, later Akhenaten, as well. On the walls of Keruef's tomb, we find two hymns, one to the setting sun and one to the rising sun. And these hymns also share similarities with those of the great hymn to Aten and the celebrations of Suti and Hor. However, Keruef's hymn has many differences with those texts, showing how even at the beginning of Akhenaten's reign, there was plenty of leeway in the representation of the gods. The push towards a singularity in the form of Aten took time to gather steam. And when Keruef was decorating his tomb, the old ways were very much popular and current, and he was able to explore the mythology of Rei in ways quite distinct from what we find just a few years later. I present now Keruef's hymn to the setting sun, part of a duology with the setting sun and the rising sun celebrated in tandem. If you would also like to hear the hymn to the rising sun, I have backdated a new episode to the reign of Amunhotep III. That way, those of you who love those extra details can still have the content. Meanwhile, we get to focus on what is essential here and now. A hymn to the setting sun from the tomb of Keruef at Thebes, during the later reign of Amunhotep III and the early reign of Amunhotep IV. 
later Akhenaten. Translation by Edward F. Wente from the Chicago publication of Kerouf's Tomb. A Hymn to the Setting Sun Adoration of Ra as he sets in life in the western horizon of the sky, by the noble, the count, the sole companion who has access to his lord, the favourite of Horus, the lord of the palace, the first royal herald, the royal scribe and steward, Kerouf, justified. He says, Hail to you, master of eternity, Atum, prince of perpetuity. You have joined with the horizon of the sky, and you appear in glory on the western side as Atum who is in the evening, having come in your power and having no equal. You rule the sky as Ra, and you reach both your heavens in happiness. You have banished clouds and storms. As you descend from the womb of your mother Nunet, your father Nun, who makes salutation, and the gods of the western mountain are in jubilation. Those who are in the netherworld are in joy when they see their lord far striding. O Amun-Re, lord of everybody, welcome. You have reached the two lands, and you have joined the arms of the western mountain. Your majesty has attained praise, having moored at your place of yesterday. The arms of your mother are protection around you, while the jackals are overthrowing your enemy. The western souls tow you on the way which is in the holy land, so that you may illuminate the faces of the citizens of the netherworld. Hear the summons of the one who is also in the sarcophagus, and raise up those who are placed on their side, that is, dead. You feed on Ma'at from the one who bears it, and you rejuvenate nostrils with that which is in it. You are elevated to an august position, and you cause those who have become gods to be cared for. When you go forth, their warmth is regenerated, as you are restored in your former state, being come as the Aten, the power of the sky, and being united with the ruler of Igaret. You give your beauty within the underworld, and now you shine for those who are in darkness, so that they who are in the caverns are in joy. They adore you as you approach them, with this your face of, He who awakes the uninjured. At dawn you are rejuvenated, radiant in his form, one who issues from his mother's womb without cessation, and goes to rest within it at his proper time. Kerouf, justified, says, Hail, O Ra, when you rise, and Atum after you set. May you allow me to be among your favoured ones, beholding your beauty every day, and let me grasp the tow rope of the evening barge and the mooring post of the morning barge. The hymns to Ra, to Atum, to Amun, to all the manifestations of the sun god that we have seen today are important precursors to what Akhenaten was trying to achieve. Of course, when these people wrote these texts, they weren't thinking ahead to what this pharaoh was going to do, so we can still read them as beautiful expressions of piety and worship divorced from the cult of Atenism. Unfortunately, Hindsight has made Akhenaten such a prominent and potent figure that it's hard to separate what came before from what came later. Either way, 
They are wonderful texts, tiny snapshots of complex beliefs and piety from non-royal Egyptians living at a most fascinating time. On the next episode of the History of Egypt podcast, we return to the reign of Akhenaten. We're going to visit the great temples to Aten, which this pharaoh constructed at Amarna and elsewhere. We need to explore the physical manifestation of his worship. Having seen the theology in hymns, it's time to explore how he represented it on the walls of tombs and in great artworks. We're going to see the cult of Aten as it was practiced. That's episode 118, The House of Aten, releasing very soon. The History of Egypt podcast is made possible by my wonderful backers on Patreon. My especial thanks to Michael and Linda, my priest-level supporters who are far too generous with their contributions. For everyone listening, thank you very much for joining me. Your support means more than you know, and I hope you are enjoying the story. That's all from me. Have a great week. I'll see you very soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.